0: Welcome in. Welcome in. It's your guy, Nick, back with another episode of our podcast. You guys won't know this because I, I pre-recorded these things, but I took about a week and a half off of just recording. And it was just because, you know, work was becoming work, of course. You know, if that's things, you get better at things, you endure more responsibility, you understand what's going on. So you just take more time than that, of course. And then just, I was missing out on time of just time to record, you know, but with that time, of course, it's good for you because you understand just. Being able to be more meticulous and, and be able to think about what you want to say and how you want to do it. So with that being said, man, it's always great to be back with you guys here tonight. Get an opportunity to share a story or two and just talk about life and how I see it. The usual disclaimer still follows, though. I'm not an expert on anything, just someone who's been through some things and wants to share. The power of this is that it's a therapeutic avenue to express my thoughts and hopefully something in there resonates with you. Today is my mama's birthday. I can't even go into the motion I have this week. Uh, it's a lot of stuff going on, but it's my mama's birthday. I have a new niece being born currently. That's happening. There's eight hours of commercial free football starting Sunday, and the Kobe edition of Two K is dropping tonight. So I truly and genuinely cannot complain. And you guys know me; I'm, I'm never going to be somebody that, that just thinks about complaining. and And I understand just the power of being present, the power of understanding what you have, and just things are good. You know, just a lot of things to look forward to. I get to see Dave Chappelle come to Lexington soon and, and watch him perform. That's going to be absolutely incredible. I can't wait to see that. That's like, man, it's a legend being able to go and watch. Just uh, seeing a legend perform, you know, so it hasn't come out yet. And you get to see it before everybody else, before Netflix, all that. It's just it's going to be a great time. I cannot wait for it. So I look forward for that for sure. It's crazy because, like I said, it's my mom's birthday. My mom is a huge influence in my life. I would say, you know, one of my top top role models for sure. She's always held me down regardless of what is going on, regardless of what I've said to her, you know, and that's huge. Like regardless of what I've said, the stupid shit, the immature shit I've said before, like my mom always has a mentality of I'll always love you. Like she says that forever. Like no matter what I say, no matter what I do, if I come back I'm like, mom, sorry for the way I put things wherever it be. She says I'll forever love you. Like I understand and She's very understanding in that situation. You know, there's times where you upset each other. That happens, you know. You got to be able to go back and say, you know, I was wrong. Or, you know, I was right. Just delivered it in a terrible way. And I'm so sorry about that. You know, that's that's the the part. You know, the unconditional love that you get from your mamas is, is crazy, man. I got a lot of it. You know, I had to grow out of a lot of immature stances. You know, I would take them. You know, about my past shortcomings... Or, you know, something going wrong or, you know, just you know, even just, you know, for things that did in, in college and things of that nature, you know, just what happened to me and that story and just at the end of it, just how I reacted to the situation wasn't the best way. Thinking about it now as a 28 year old, you know, back then I was young and I was hurt and I was extremely hurt, you guys. And it lasted for a long time. And I'll say that, that that's, that's definitely something that, that happened and the one thing that I, if you listen to the other podcasts, other episodes, or just, you know, if you just happen to hear me, you know that the power of the family that I have and how close knit we were. And just, there was times where I felt like I wasn't having my back. You know, I didn't have, someone didn't have my back. And that was tough. And it was just like, I lost a hundred pounds playing football in college in, in UK. I'm a type one diabetic, right? I got diagnosed when I was a freshman going home. Uh, I used I knew I knew something was wrong because I had to use the bathroom on a nine hour trip like 12, 13, 14 times. Like it was it was bad. And I was telling my dad, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, this is crazy. And I remember one day we were sitting there and this is, you know, (laughs) hilarious thing about now. But we were sitting there and me and my sister were watching Catfish. Right. And there's an episode where this girl Catfish is her cousin. And it's because uh, she called her the fat Kelly Price or something like that. And we're I'm sitting there and y'all don't understand, like, I'm dejected. I have no energy or nothing. But this show, like, it's hilarious. So I had to finish it. We, we had a moment, me and my sister, where she was like, do anything you to your the hospital? I was like, yeah, but I want to finish this episode first. <laughs> Which is crazy as I'm sitting there with the highest blood sugar you can have. I couldn't hold anything down. I was eating applesauce and throwing up. You know, drinking water and throwing up like it was—it was bad. Used to the bathroom all the time, dry mouth, um, sensitive skin, all this different stuff it was going on. Sweating, cold, clammy—all all, all the stuff you can think of. I get to the hospital and they're like, "Your blood sugar is out of this world. How are you even awake right now?" And I'm like, "I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just—I'm just up." So I figured out that day that I was a type one diabetic, and it's something that is. It runs in, you know, just the family. I don't know who had it before me. My dad's a diabetic, but I don't know who had it before me. My dad found out he was diabetic after me, which is crazy. My dad's in his fifties and <laughs> found out that he was, you know, diabetic when he was in his forties. So I know that was tough for him as well. But he was able to see what's going on with me, and then realized, oh man, there might be something wrong with me as well. So we got checked out and figured it out. And now you know, he's better than ever. So we're, I'm definitely thankful that that happened because of it. But I ended up, I think, just whenever the insulin just hit my body and and it reset just a lot of stuff. It reset, you know, just I think just the way my body worked. And I think it was one of those things where I wasn't supposed to be 315 pounds. And this was like my body being able to get the, the medicine, the insulin it needed in order to make my organs run better, my body run better. And I was able with how hard I was working out and how much I was playing. I was losing weight at a rapid pace. You you fast forward to my junior year, you fast forward to my junior year is when it really started. That's when it all started. 2016 is when I started losing so much weight. I probably lost 50 pounds, 60 pounds in that year alone during the season, like playing. uh, I would say at least 50 pounds. So I was 315 going into fall camp in August. I ended up losing like 40 pounds because I was getting sick and throwing up and all that stuff. And I literally would get nauseous walking into the walking into the cafeteria, I would get nauseous and I couldn't eat any of the food anymore. So they had to like bring food into me pretty much every day for practice on different stuff. And I ate stuff that was outside of the the facility every day. But that was what I had to do in order to keep my, my weight up all different things. And I was eating so much, you guys. So it was like, I was eating checking blood sugar, taking insulin. Like I was eating. That was the, it was the, just what I was doing because I had to make sure I was keeping on weight and I wasn't even keeping on weight and I ate probably more than anybody on the team. So you fast forward through that season, I probably ended up, I think I ended up with the Georgia Tech game at 264 pounds. I started the season at 315. That that season, which is, I think about it all the time, was my best season of playing football. I understood what was going on. I understood my assignment. I understood Just what I need to do. I got my teammates understanding what was going on. I was making calls to the line. I was doing a lot of different things. I was playing great football. In that year, you know, I just, that's when I kind of exploded on the scene as like being pretty, pretty good at what I did. And it catapulted me to the next year and being, you know, one of the team captains. Uh, I started the first six games. I didn't end up being able to finish the season because I ended up being 243 pounds playing Missouri. I pancaked a guy. We scored, and I rolled off the guy to, like, get up and could not move, could not breathe. And in that moment, when I sat there, I was like, damn, this is, this is, this is it. Like, it hit me like a train. Like, I remember running to the sideline, like, we just scored. I remember to the sideline, and I was just, like, out of breath, couldn't do anything. I was like, man, this is, I can't do it anymore. This is too much exertion. So I pulled Coach sharman aside, and I told him, hey, you got to go with Drake. And that is 100% what happened. And it's so funny because it, everybody, it's, so, it's crazy. As the season, everybody thought, like, I got benched. And I was like, whoa, what do you, What is? What in the world, how in the world would I get benched? Like, that'd be crazy. Like, you don't know, have a guy that has like a 93, or 94% throughout the entire season to six games who's playing at 250 and below at center. And just, he gets benched. Clearly, if he's on the field at 250 playing center in the SEC, he's he's the best option at that particular time. I didn't just play center. I played left guard, right guard. I played, you know, just offensive line. And, you know, even in that season, I was so small, you guys. But I'll tell you right now, if you have technique, if you know what's going on, if you understand that mentally you are ahead of who's in front of you if I saw a freshman or a sophomore, even a junior, like anything true, if I saw anything true, I knew I was going to get after him. I had five years in, I'm not, we're not going to play that game. So I made sure I was always in the right position. I made sure that, you know, if I had a client to a linebacker, I always hit him square and, you know, I delivered when I got there. And it's like, that's the stuff that I think you have to hone in on whenever it's an adverse situation. Because, again, playing offensive line at 250 when guys are 330 against you and 320, all different stuff, and you have to move them and continue to do that, you have to get yourself prepared for that. So that summer I'm in there working out as hard as I can, running with the wide receivers and running backs. Like, I I made sure I was a great condition. Like, I didn't work out with the offensive line. I was 250, 255. I worked out with running backs and wide receivers. And i had done that since, you know, the end of my sophomore year. So it's like, I made sure that I was in the right condition so that if this were to happen or if I kept losing weight, like I I knew in the summer, I just kept losing weight. And we had to pull the nuclear codes and they had to make sure I had doctors around, make sure I had nutritionists, all different stuff. I didn't practice. That's something that, you know, I tell people that's insane to me. I did not practice Monday through Thursday. And I played the game on Saturday. Because I was so light. So all I did was watch film, eat food, work out, and then play a game on Saturday. Did the run-throughs on Friday. You know, I knew all the calls. We made them. Went, worked, and we win the game, and I played football. But when you get to that point, when you just know, even film, you know your feet are right, you know how to move, it becomes really, really simple. And football's a chess game. You're just not the one moving the pieces. Coaches are. So if they make a play or they can make a call, they the people playing against them, they have to go to exactly where their coach calls. So if I know what the call is of a defense, or if I can see a trigger, if I see what's going on, then I know where my guy has to go. And imagine if you knew your guy had to go about 97% of the time, how many times you would win? Exactly. So that's why I tell all my people, you know, people growing up, people asking me, hey, how did you get to this point? How would you do this? How did you do that? I was in the book. I was in the book and I was in the film room. And then when my coach taught me how to block and taught me how to do it and do it right, I listened. And continued to work on that craft. So it's one of those things where you're able to add those things up and say, OK, this is how guy was able to do what he did. But losing that weight, not be able to play past game six, all different stuff, not go to the bowl game. I was dejected. You know what I mean? I was one of those guys that I felt like I was going to the NFL. I felt like I was on professional and that just wasn't the route for me. That's not what God had for me. And I understand that now. I didn't then. I didn't then. But I understand that now. And I took my resentment out on a lot of people and I apologize for that. You know, the resentment that I had for some people like it's not it wasn't warranted. And it was simply because I was hurt and I was in a moment where it was like, man, my whole world just crashed down. I spent five years, four years working really hard for something and got to the pinnacle where I thought I could get to it. And because of my weight, not because I couldn't play, not because I said something to an interviewer, not because I wasn't respectful. None of those things, because of my weight and I'm eating thousands on thousands on thousands of calories a day. So, yeah, I was a little I was a little pissed off, you know. And I thought people should have helped me out more than they should, more than they did. And sometimes I I think I was in the right position, but there's sometimes where it's like, you have to grab life by horns and you have to accept, you know, your responsibility and what happened in your actions and the consequences of them, you know? And it's like, I should have understood. And I even think about it now. And it's like, you were a diabetic playing football, a type one diabetic at 315 pounds playing football. Once your body got the insulin it needed, your brother's, you know, Maxed out at like two twenty, two ten, maybe. I don't know. You know, Stephen didn't even get to that point. He's probably 185 and 190. You know, your dad's not big. You know when your family's big, but you are? Like, that doesn't make sense. So I think it was a natural thing that was supposed to happen at that point. Right now, I'm sitting here at 215 pounds. I couldn't imagine what 250 felt like. You know, pause, but I couldn't imagine what that felt like. And... That brings me to you know just I didn't understand it then I did I didn't understand it then I probably don't understand it now the way that I want to, but it's like God has a plan. It's not my plan; it's His plan, and I don't know what it is. I just got to trust and believe in it, have faith, you know. And I think that I have an affinity just for the just gratitude, you know, just trying to be centered. And realize that things can switch in a moment. In a second, you can be up, and the next second, you can be right back in the dumps. You know, and it's like I've had to be consistent with my emotions because of that, because I've seen it. You know, I've seen it just, I've had so many things happen that were awesome or were bad, right? And they just happened concurrently, and it didn't make sense. It's like, what the heck is going on? You know, quick story is I got the opportunity to be a trainer out in um, Maui in Hawaii. And I was, you know, uh, prayers of all the families in Lahaina, but I was out there like I see I saw the beauty of that place and how beautiful Hawaii is. And it is. It's gorgeous. It is so gorgeous. Right. I got the opportunity to be a trainer at that, you know, the first Chick-fil-A opening in Hawaii. And then I got the opportunity, you know, the second week to be the lead trainer of that store of that, you know, the kitchen back there. And it's just that was such an opportunity. And it was something that I really, really relished. And it made me love that service so much. It made me love the, that's just the, what I was doing because you get to go and train people that have never made a chicken sandwich before, that. have never seen, you know, what the power of saying my pleasure is. I've never seen any of those things happening. You get to be there and watch them do it and watch them see and see why you love it so much. Because, you know, the service industry, that's it's a being able to serve somebody. There's no man. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. The power of service is crazy. But why I say that is how awesome that all that sounds is the day that I was going to Hawaii, the day of I go outside my, my bags, all the different things. My car's been broken into my wallet got stolen, right? I don't have my cars, none of that stuff. Now, thankfully, I was broke. So it didn't matter. Like it was like, all right, like we they found the dude because he tried to run my car and it got declined. I'm over there laughing, like, bro, that's that's hilarious. You know, what I mean? but still, it doesn't help the fact that I got my car broken into, my wallet and all that stuff stolen, and I had no money going to an airport where I need to be on a plane. So imagine you get there, and they're like, hey, you got to have a card, a credit card on file for you know the baggage or whatever it be, and I'm like, I got, you know, I could pay you in cash. I got cash right here, and they're like, no, we need a credit card on file. I had to ask some guy, hey, would you, you know, mind swiping for thirty dollars for me so I can. On this plane and go to Hawaii, bro. Like, I promise you, I have a cash up right now. And thankfully, I found a brother that would do that for me. And it's like, man, if I didn't have that, I would have been screwed. So I was grateful for that. But at the same time, it's like, imagine you're sitting there and like, you're about to go on one of these great experiences or MMB. And it's like, the first thing happens is some bullshit. That's why I'm like, man, I got to stay consistent. I got to stay, you know, just. And it's not like you can't get up and like experience the high of the moment of those things. Right. Be present. Of course, be in that moment. And not just think, oh, something bad's going to happen. Whoa, is me. No, 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 no. Experience the moments and be present for sure. But at the same time, understand that. Be consistent in your thoughts, be consistent in your emotion. Right. Because at the same time, something bad could happen. And all you can do is control your reaction. Right. And just your mindset to it. That's it. That's all you can control, and that's all we do is control what we can control. So in those situations, being present with me, if something good happens, you excel or you 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 celebrate it. You know, you, you congratulate whoever you know, the good things happen to. You. If it's you, you know, pat yourself back, whatever it may be. Who, who knows, right? But when something bad happens, you're present in the moment. You realize, hey, my reaction to this is important. I can't just skirt through this moment, get mad, and and run out. No, I have to make sure that. You know, I control my emotion here. I control what I say. But that's just that's just the the, like I said, it's the power of gratitude, because I was going into a place where I had no money. I had or not no money. I had money going there because I was able to go and get, you know, uh, I actually got blessed because a girl that was willing to pay for all my stuff. And I said to Zeller every time that I got something. So my mother helped me out (laughs) and she helped me out. So that I was able to go and do what I wanted to do. Over in Hawaii. And it's one of those things where, like I said, it all comes around. It all comes around. I was highly upset with my mother, you know, after college, uh, just because I thought, man, she should have went different. It should have went different. You know, I should have had different stuff, right? Needed help, whatever it may be. Like, I just, I just, it wasn't, it was immaturity, right? My mom stayed pat. Mom said, and that unconditional love said, I'll forever love you. Like, it doesn't matter. No matter how mad you get at me, no matter what you say, like, I'll forever love you, right? She let me move back home with her, right? Help me out, get a job at Chick-fil-A. And then when I went to Hawaii and had no money on me, she's like, I got you. What do you need? So, yeah, I'm I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to have her in my life. And I know that. As a 28-year-old, I know that. And I'm glad it's not being a 40-year-old or don't talk to her for a while or maybe and just be, but no, we got through those situations and, you know, my mom and my mommy are great. So I just, it's just, a, I'm just grateful for, I'm grateful for, you know, what I have going on. I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for being able to talk to you guys and talk through stories and just share something, you know, it's great. It's great to do this. It's a, it's a great passion mine at this point and a hobby that I don't think I'll put down anytime soon, you know? But as we wrap this up, I just want to tell you guys, like, the power of gratitude is important. Understand being grateful for what you have, being grateful for, you know, being able to wake up. Yeah, you know, I don't know, you know, of course, who's listening to this, wearing it be, but it's like, whoever you serve, whoever you pray to, like, being able that that, per- that entity brought you, you know, out of the bed and that you have a bed, have a roof. And this time, it's really important to realize that. Because some people woke up and their world was turned upside down. So be grateful that yours isn't. But as I, like I said, as I wrap this up, I want you guys to, you know, have a great night. Have a great morning. Uh, have, have a great whatever time it may be. I appreciate you guys so much. Be easy.